Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Southern California, Joey. No chill, pray now. Hello, Andy. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome back. Late, late start day. Thank you. It's good to be back. Kind of. Talk to me. Talk to me. Look like you had a not not really not really good to be back. But I came back yesterday. Did two great shows at the Hollywood Improv last night. That's what I needed to be back for. Did I consider immediately booking a flight back to Tahoe today? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. It is glorious up there in every shape and form. Uh, the 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 thing about Lake Tahoe and going to the American Century Classic. American Century Championship, which is the um, celeb tournament that they put on every July. The thing about going to that is it is such a great place that while you're there and you're seeing all the celebs and you're seeing this great tournament, you're enjoying yourself. But if you've experienced it outside of that, you also wish you could just flip a switch and turn it off and be like, I want to play Edgewood and I want the roads to be less trafficy, and I want whatever. So it's like, I love going to the, lake tahoe so much and i do love going for the tournament but boy it's just so beautiful and it's great being in the lake and then when you're there and the tournament's on you're in the lake with like literally fifteen thousand boats and so it's uh but it is like it is truly one of my favorite weekends of the year because i mean now with my friends up there the the great crew from mcduff's pub tahoe i've said it before on the show and i'll say it again if you're ever in south lake tahoe or anywhere in the Tahoe area, I would drive from around the lake to go to McDuff's, the best pub in my opinion, the world, uh, just run by the best people. So much fun. Uh, now that those guys are like involved in the tournament, it's just, it just gets more and more fun to be, to be out there. So uh, Thursday, I caddy in the practice round Friday. I watch the first day of the tournament from land Saturday. I watch mostly from the beach and a boat with your boy Damo. Well, we can talk about that. That was an interesting experience. And then Sunday, uh, they obviously wrapped the tournament, but I flew back for my shows. Mark Mulder pissed away a gigantic lead. And Mr. Anti-Clutch with a football becomes Mr. Clutch with a golf club. Tony Romo able to close for once. Actually, three-time American Century champion. Zero time NFC championship game quarterback. <laughs> the guy can close in golf, man. Should have been a golfer the whole time. Do you think he's good enough that Romo could have been a pro golfer? I think it's safe to say that he could have. I mean, if if he had focused solely on golf, that he could have had a decent shot. I mean, I know there's a lot. I'm not um, enough of a golfer to know. I've heard that, like, you know, these guys, they're just so locked in that, you know, if you just went out and played a regular course uh, with them, that, the, the, you know, on a, uh, if, if you just went and played like a, you know, a really tough course, you went and played Edgewood with Tiger on a random day, 
he'd shoot like 59 or something like that. And Tony Romo's not shooting, you know, 13 under in a day or whatever, but he's playing pretty good. I mean, the thing is, Annika Sorenstam plays in this tournament and she is the greatest lady golfer of all time. And she doesn't win it, you know? And I know that's men's and women's and the sport, but like, she's still pretty good. Like I watched her play. Like she's, it's not like she's not playing incredible golf. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know so much about golf, but he, it seems like now she hit from the women's tees. They have like, they basically have celebrities for the whole, the whole tournament. It's not like the furthest back, you know, By the way, that's, that's, that's a whole thing. Like, can we talk about that? Well, you know, I do that in my act now. I talk oh, about I, the ladies. I talk I about did. the ladies tees. Yeah. I don't know if I've heard that. Yeah. And then I, and then I say like, you guys get about- a head, yeah, you get a head start on every hole. Cause you're a woman. She's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Actually. Total, to- <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. And then a dude like crushes one. And I'm like, he's like, all right, your turn, son. I'm like, oh, I identify as a woman. So I'll just be, just be up there with Susan oh, yeah. all day. I've heard that you've had that. Yeah. I've, I've heard yeah. that. I've heard that. Okay. So yeah, I was, that's kind of where my head was going with that. I see. Yeah. Um, so but she doesn't win. And, and how old is she? She's in her fifties. I think she, I think she just recently had taken like 10 or 12 years off from playing and then was finally old enough to play on the senior tour, which is 50 and just like immediately won the first senior tour event. Yeah. She's 51. Yeah. She was really cool. We were playing behind her the whole day, uh, on the practice round. So on the practice round, it's like a shotgun start. You all start on a different hole. There's two groups per hole. So there's like set the first people that'll tee off on one hole. And then the second people, they teed off on 17. We teed off on 17 right behind them. Worst celebrity golfer that you saw. That was, well, I mean, obviously Charles is pretty bad. Charles is pretty bad. Uh, miles Teller was unimpressive. Um, miles Teller was shooting. I mean, listen, he's, he's definitely made it as like a, you know, he's a new, um, he's a new kind of, he's, he's just now like so famous where they're like, you can play no matter what, but like, I'll tell you the bottom of the, the bottom. Oh, the worst guy actually. And I saw this and I, and I gave him a, uh, fist pound. I said, what's up RG three. When's that book coming out? Uh, Robert Griffin, the third, you didn't the, say it to him. I did say that you didn't say it to him. I did. I did. You, and, well, you, and he laughed. He laughed. And I didn't even know about it. So you told me about it like a couple of days ago. But the bottom of the things are uh, Robert Griffin, Dylan Dreyer, who I don't know that is. John O'Hurley, which is uh, Jay Peterman from Seinfeld. He's pretty old, pretty bad. The Miz uh, wrestler. Sure. Real world wrestler. He was pretty bad. I saw him. Anthony Anderson was pretty bad. Colin Yost. Jost. Colin Jost from SNL. Uh, I saw him on the range hitting it pretty well, but he didn't, he didn't perform that well. He didn't, he didn't play that well overall. He shot, I'll tell you what he shot, but I was like impressed with him. I mean, he shot a one Oh one, a 98 and a 95 and his swing looked like he was better than that, but RG three, that bad, huh? RG three, that bad. I think he's maybe just picking up the game, but he finished dead last RG three, RG three dead last. Yeah. So it's it's a it there's a different kind of scoring. Wait, where wait, hold on, hold on. Breaking news: Congress is going to do a committee. They're going to bring in Roger Goodell to question if there was any tampering with 
the former Washington Redskins, current Washington Commanders. I'm just getting wind of this. Okay. So uh, you get you get two for a double bogey or greater. You get uh, it's it's like plus. How does it work? It's like plus a point or minus a point. Like it's it's minus scoring is bad and plus scoring is good. You know what I mean? And uh, so you get you get minus two if you double bogey or worse. Okay. And on his third round, Robert Griffin the third had double bogey or worse on every single hole. Wow, that's bad. Yeah, I played I on on my on the best round of golf I've had on a re- legit serious difficult course, which was a couple weeks ago. My best round. I had one double bogey. Robert Griffin had all double bogeys or worse. Robert Griffin is a bad golfer. So Robert Griffin shot 108. Yeah, that's pretty bad. What's on what's going on in the he shot, he shot 119 in his first round. 119. Yeah. yeah. That's worse than I played a pebble two I mean, years ago. Is he playing on one leg? I know he had some leg issues and knee yeah. issues. So he was he was by far the worst. So what's going on in the lake? Tell me about the lake. Like, so two holes. Is it just everybody partying? Two holes, seventeen and eighteen are on the water. Seventeen is a par three, right on the water, and people literally dock their boats like on the shore, and then it's just a party. Like they line. There's a rope where you like you don't you don't need a ticket to be on the beach. But to go on to the course, you have to need a ticket. So all these people pull up their boats and then they just set up parties, put up tents and stuff like that on the beach side. They don't need a ticket. Some people are partying on their boats. Some people like the the shoreline gets so full. Like Damo got there. Damo's like, I'm getting there at nine. I was like, bro, you're not going to be anywhere near the fucking water. And uh, he wasn't. He was like 50 yards out, which is the whole story. I had to like weighed out with all my shit above my head so it didn't get wet my cell phone my keys like whatever um but yeah they all pull up and they party and then like as you know on, on 17 they have a basketball hoop set up so when steph comes through or whoever ray allen comes through they'll take a shot they'll they'll have kids like run off the beach and they'll throw aaron Rodgers football and some kid in board shorts that's had 40 beers will do like a fucking post pattern and aaron Rodgers will throw him a football <laughs> like it, it's wild it's wild out there. This sounds like like a just like a mecca for like white people. It's like oh, golf, yeah. lake, golf, parking, lake, golf boat, Lake oh, Tahoe. Yeah, it's, it's like you're checking off every like every like drunken white person. Like that's that's what we do. So Damo tells me, I was like, Damo, am I gonna have to swim out to your boat, or are you like pulling up on shore? He's like, I'm gonna pull up on shore like it's fucking Normandy. You'll be able to walk right onto the thing. I get out there, he's 50 yards offshore, and I'm so I try to walk out with all my stuff in my hands, and then I get to the point where like I can't stand anymore. So now I'm like wading out, and I like wade the last like 15 yards, like just power kicking, keeping all of my belongings above my head. And I get out there. He's like, legendary. You got out here. So then there's this big top golf yacht uh, that is out there and they're giving away a bunch of shit, t-shirts and whatever. And they're like, we got this big floaty. It looked like a, looked like a car and had a top and whatever. They're like, we're giving away this big floaty. We're going to throw it off the front of the boat. First person to swim up to it gets it. And I was like, yo, Damo, 
I need that just so I can float all my stuff back into shore dry when this thing's over. And he's like, all right, you got to get it. And I was like, all right. So I'm standing on the front of the boat waiting for them to drop it. And Damo's whole crew is like, dude, you need to get in the water and like, get, get going. Like you need to get close. That boat's like that boat over there is like 15 yards closer than you. And that chick's already in the water. I was like, guys, no, I don't, I don't need to go from a dead stop in the water. What I need to do is I need a, I need a dive when that thing hits the water. Like I need the momentum. Yeah. And, and they're like, dude, no, they're like, look, they're already like waiting closer. I was like, guys, I need this to keep my shit dry. I was like, there's a 0% chance of anybody getting this besides me. And they're like, I don't know. You seem really confident. I'm not really sure this is going to work out. I was like, guys, trust me, I'm good. And I'm literally like perched on the front of the boat. And the guy's like, all right, here we go. This girl's got like a 20 yard head start on me. That thing hits the water. Perfect entry dive. I came up with two butterfly strokes so I could spot the thing. And then once I knew I was in the right direction, hard like sprint paddle. And I got the thing and I came back to the boat and his buddies were like, dude, when you hit that, when you were underwater for like eight seconds and then came up with two hard butterflies, we were like, oh, this motherfucker is just showing up. Like they're like, those people have no chance. This guy's fucking Michael Phelpsing out to that thing. Well, who are you competing against? Is this like a drunk girl in a bikini? Is it? Yeah. But then her boyfriend like saw that I was like on the move and he tried to dive in and like beat me to the thing. But they had like, sounds like an eighties movie. They literally had like a 20 yard head start on like a 50 yard sprint. They were like, they were halfway to it. So what did you get? So then I got this big floaty. And I, then when I, when I left Damo's boat, I put all my shit on it and like just floated in so I could keep it all dry. But I was like, listen, you guys don't realize, but I've literally, there's nothing I would say I'm more trained for in my whole life than a drunken lake swim race. <laughs> like no one's trained harder at drinking and swimming than this guy. Are people just like absolutely smashed? Smashed, dude. Absolutely smashed. People are smashed all up and down the course. Yeah. We were smashed on Thursday. We were drinking Scott. Jay Billis was like appalled at us. We we, we played the round with Jay Billis. He was just appalled at how much we were drinking <laughs> and partying. At one point, they hit, they had me take a shot. They told me like hit one on, on seven, I think it was. What was he saying? He seems pretty he seems he's, pretty straight edged. Seems pretty yeah, he's pretty quiet. You know, he was he was fine, but he, you know. He's pretty cool. Like, I don't know. He was, he was definitely kind of dorky. Sure. Like, well, yeah. I mean, you know, Duke we're playing, warrior. we're playing a scramble or a shamble or whatever, where everybody kind of hits her. You, every, you, you all had a drive. You take the best drive and you go from there. And there was like a couple of things where everybody's like, whatever. And he's like, I'm just going to play it safe and you'll lay up. I got to practice for the tournament and stuff like that. We were like, oh, Jay. But I kept trying to talk to him and I was like, what's your handicap, whatever. But Ian gives me this like motorcycle. I saw that, that I'm cruising around the course on. I have a caddy outfit and a motorcycle. When I say no one stopped me from doing anything, I just got to drive it wherever I wanted. And no one said shit. And the cat people thought like this caddy outfit. Like, it was like, there's, there's no one here in caddy. Outfit. The, people aren't wearing caddy outfits. Most people don't even have caddies. The, the staff was acting like I was like an actual legit caddy. That's funny. That, that could go anywhere. So the first thing is, I'm on the, I'm on the, the, uh, putting green and I walk by Jerry rice. And now this is my guy. This is like my, maybe one of my all time top five guys ever. And I was like, goat, good to see you. 
And he was like, good to see you. I was like, I was like, goat, we got to stop with all this goat, goat. This guy's the goat. That guy's the goat. Everybody's the goat. I go, you're the goat. You're the goat. We got to stop with everybody's the goat. He's like, thanks. I appreciate that. And I was like, goat. Well, I have you here. We signed my caddy outfit. And he's like, sure thing. So he signs it. And now once I got the goat. Was that the now, plan all along to get everybody to sign your caddy outfit? Yeah. But but it was like, how are we going to broach the subject with people? So I just found myself talking to Jerry Rice for a minute. So I'm like, all right, let's start with Jerry Rice. And then from that point on. It's so, yeah. I'm like, Jerry signs it. Everybody else has got to sign it. And everybody I talked to, I was like, it doesn't matter who it was. I referred to them as a great. Like I I saw Andre Iguodala. I was like, Iggy, I got all the greats today. I got Rice. I I was like, I need a finals MVP on here. And he was like, and dude, I mean, you know me. Such as like, I threw all the shit out the window. When I was like talking to these guys, he's like, I was like, we got to get a finals MVP on there. He's like, yeah, man, finals MVP. It was a lot of luck. I was like, a lot of luck. I was like, LeBron shot like 38% in that. Year. You're the man, little Iggy. ass kisser. Yeah. I was like, you're the man, Iggy. I'm like, I'm kissing all the asses. Because Ian, who is so gracious always to host me, threw me a great birthday party on, on Tuesday, which I was not expecting. Gave me a whole bunch of shit. You, 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 I can't wait to show you these sneakers he gave me. He gave me a pair of Chuck Taylor high top all-stars with NBA jam logos all over. I mean, all the things, a million golf balls, golf shoes, like all the things. So it was like, he wants to donate this to charity. He wants to like auction it off for charity. And I was like, I got to get everybody. So then it's time for us to TF, but I get like, Oh, another one from the, the second person I got to do this. And this is for people who know me from my anti Cubs World Series rant days. You'll be surprised to hear me say this. But do you know who the single coolest dude was? John Lester. First of all, huge, crushing golf balls, just absolutely murdering balls on the range, like hitting balls like 340. And I was just like, whoa. So then I go to the bar, uh, and and everybody there, you there's all these like food stands and whatever, but because we were members of the club, I got to go to the club bar and I go and I'm like, you guys have Miller lights. And he's like, yeah. So I was like, all right, I bring out a couple bottles of Miller lights and I walk by John Lester and John Lester literally goes, they got Miller lights. Dude, they got Miller light. They got Miller light bottles here. And I was like, yeah, you Miller light guy. And he's like, dude, is there any other beer? And I was like, John Lester, you are the man. I was like, I was like, Yep, they got they got Miller lights in the bar. Just go out. So I go over to Ian. I bring him a Miller light. And I was like, John Lester, Miller light guy, suddenly my favorite dude of all time. And he's like, give him my Miller light. I was like, fine. So I go back to Lester. I was like, John, you want this Miller light? He was like, oh, I would murder somebody for that Miller light. I was like, all right, here's your Miller light. I go now in exchange. Will you sign my caddy outfit? He's like, absolutely. And then the whole weekend I would see him. He's like, Mr. Miller light. I was like, you know it. <laughs> I was like, I'm actually sponsored by Miller Lite, John. I should hook you up. I should hook you up with my sponsor people. This guy loves Miller Lite. So that was the second guy I got. And then we get every, I got Jerome Bettis. I got the list of people that signed the caddy outfit. Let me just rip it off for you because it's pretty wild. Jerry Rice, John Lester, Barkley, Colin Jost, Charles Woodson, who is awesome. Charles Woodson has a wine and bourbon company which Friday night I got way too drunk, just drinking only things distilled by Charles Woodson intercept wines and intercept bourbon. 
Love David it. Wells, David Wells, Alfonso Ribeiro, aka Carlton. Carlton. Yeah. Yep. Joe Buck, Larry the Cable Guy, Jay Billis, Annika Sorenstam, Igadala, Jerome Bettis, Marcus Allen, Vinny Del Negro. And the last two, which were this is probably one of the highlights of the weekend for me. So we're going down to tee off on Thursday. And we're teeing off on 17. Now there's two groupings. There was an early group. They teed off in the morning and there was a 1 PM group. We're in the 1 PM group. So the, the people who teed off in the morning are wrapping up right now. One of the premier groups of the whole weekend is obviously the Patrick Mahomes group, like whichever the real, the, the huge groups were Steph's group. Obviously he's the biggest star because it's kind of the outer Bay area. And then he played with his dad and his brother day one. And then they mix it up depending on how everybody's doing. The Justin Timberlake group is always really big. Patrick Mahomes group, huge. Uh, And then our boy McAfee, Aaron Rodgers, AJ Hawk, their group on Friday was huge with three of them, especially Aaron and AJ, Aaron and Pat together. That was huge. All the McAfee fans following them. Miles Teller had a pretty big group this year. Timberlake and Romo, those two guys always have, have a decent group and get paired together. So day one on Thursday for the practice round, Patrick Holmes, Travis Kelsey, Andrew Whitworth, all playing together. They're, they play busted teed off on one in the morning. So they're heading to 18 as we go to tee off in the afternoon. So we're driving kind of reverse through the course. We're driving from the opening hole backwards to, to 17. So we got to pass 18 first, and then we get 17. We get to the tee box at 18, and the, they've, they've blocked off everything. They've roped off the whole area. There's a huge crowd, the security guards and whatever, because Mahomes and Kelsey and Whitworth are walking from 17 to 18. We are supposed to get 17 to go, and we can't even get through. And I mean, it is a mob scene, but I'm on this motorcycle. So I just pull up the rope, drive the motorcycle onto the 18th tee box. I don't even know what's happening, by the way. I don't even know that this is why I'm like, oh, it's probably Steph or something. So I pull all the way out on the 18th tee box and I start driving along the 18th tee box backwards. And suddenly Patrick Mahomes is just walks onto the tee box. And I literally like a kid with his bike skid stop. And I'm like, Patrick Mahomes. He's like, what's up, buddy? I was like, can you sign my caddy outfit? And he literally looks around like, how did this guy even get here? And I heard the rest of the weekend, like he was not signing autographs for anybody. He wasn't like, he was kind of like not, you know, he's very keeping security. So he must've just been shocked and appalled that there's even a mustachioed caddy on a motorcycle suddenly on his T-box. And he was just like, I guess. And he signs it. And I was like, thanks later. And then I fucking get back on my motorcycle and I go around. And as I go to the back of the tee box, Andrew Whitworth shows up again. Stop. I get off. I'm like, champ. What's up, champ? He's like, what's up? I was like, can you sign my caddy outfit really quick? I'm going to get to 17. He's like, no problem. Signs it. And then I was off to 17 to tee off. But both of those guys were just had the look on their face like, how am I even talking to this person right now who is clearly drunk on a motorcycle in a caddy outfit having me sign his back? Again, I was I, like, I think we've, I think what we've created possibly, or you created, and I'm 
kind of piecing together is a possible movie. I mean, I mean, we could do some things, you know, it's a comedy, the, the, the guy on the, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just thinking about this. It's like an eighties or nineties movie. So then I'm fucking the whole day I'm getting drunk. I'm just like drinking. I'm slamming beers. Dude. Everybody saw the caddy outfit. People on 17, they're telling, I was like, dude, your caddy outfit's sick. Have a beer, you know, take a shot with us. Drink a fireball. Ian's got a bottle of like Macallan 18 that we're drinking the whole time. Jay Billis is like, these guys are getting hammered. And I was like, yeah. So I bet Billis hated you. Billis, dude, I saw Billis. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Dude, like deep down, I think Jay I, Billis didn't like you. Billis didn't seem to have a problem with me in particular. I don't think Billis liked Ian because Ian was in his group equally as hammered to me and just like would get on every tee box and try to like hammer a golf ball <laughs> and was like, I mean, I was kind of keeping quiet for the yeah. most part. I'm just like getting drunk and like sure. whatever. Well, you're not you're not really too obnoxious. So no. And then everybody's on the carpet. I think the one thing that bothered Bill is, is he was walking the course with his caddy. Okay. And everybody else, everybody else in our group is in golf carts. So they're all staying on the cart path. I'm pulling this motorcycle up to the tee box. Jay Bill starts walking after every tee shot. And I would just like buzz by him on a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. So I don't, think, I don't think he loved the motorcycle. He hated vibe. you, dude. He, but he was he was really nice to me all weekend too. He saw me all week. The, the next day he saw me, he's like, How do Ian's you know, did Ian get up okay this morning? And I was like, Ian's fine, Jay Billis. Like, you fucking relax, dude. You know, <laughs> like, but his caddy was super nice to me too. Um, so on seven, which is a par three, I'm now hammered. We start on 17, so this is our 10th hole. I'm wasted. And I come up and Ian's like, you got to hit a tee shot. And I was like, what dude? Like I'm in a caddy outfit. That's too small. I'm drunk. Like I don't want to hit a tee shot. He's like, you got it. You got to take one shot at the green. I was like, fine. So I go up, there's a thousand people there. Cause it's like one of the part threes are all screaming. There's a Corona party. The guy Manolo teaches golf is there. He's like, yeah, bro. Get nasty, bro. I was like, all right. So I go up and take one practice swing. Some guys like, you're going to need more than that. I was like, yeah, I know it's a practice swing, bro. I get over my ball. That guy's in my head. You're going to need more than that. I take a huge swing, skewer one out to the right. I think it hit a kid. And, and somebody's like, that's the worst shot the whole day. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm drunk and I'm in a caddy outfit that's too small. Some kid lost the right eye because of you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I got to ask you about the. The thoughts there, like what kind of, what kind of, what's the thought situation there? Are these, are a lot, these of, lot, lot of thoughts hanging that's what out, I figured. following around. Little you know, groupies. Yeah, little groupies. Justin Timberlake. The, dude, the Miles Teller extravaganza. The, the, the girls follow Miles Teller around. And he's walking around every day with his wife, who's very cute, you know? Yeah. Um, and girls don't care. They're like trying to take off his clothes. Like this is. What? Was, yeah. Like people like pawing at him and stuff. Like I didn't know Miles Teller was like. I mean, a crazy sex symbol. Well, I mean, look at him now. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, he was top already. And- I mean, the Top Gun is next level. Did I ever tell you that I matched with his sister on Bumble in L.A.? No, that's fantastic. Did I ever share this story? No. So I matched with Miles Teller's sister like, I don't know, like three or four years ago. And I pieced it together that it was this. Somehow I pieced together that it was this. He wasn't in any photos. Dude, it was so random. I saw a picture, like a Halloween picture. And then I'd seen a girl I matched with 
and, and I like had pieced, he was like cut off in it, but I had like, wait, I think this looks like, she, anyway, I pieced it together. It was his sister, but here's the best part. We were like messaging on Bumble to hang out. And you know, you know what just made her ghost to me? It was like such an innocent Andy Ruther line, but it's so funny. She we like, we were messaging, a, like, I don't even think we exchanged phone numbers at that point. We were messaging a bunch on Bumble one day. And then suddenly she went dark and uh, she's like, oh, sorry. You know, I went in to get, I got like a real deep tissue massage the last 90 minutes. That's why I stopped talking to you. And all I wrote back was happy ending question mark. <laughs> dude, she never was unmatched. She, dude, she literally unmatched me for a simple happy. That's all I wrote. Happy ending question mark. That's the most classic Ruther unmatch of all time. Oh, yeah. She's probably just like, fuck this guy. Immature with these happy the, the, ending The jokes. only thing more Ruther than that would be like, you know what I like after I get a real good relaxing deep tissue massage? is uh, to go get Taco Bell and that shit my brains out. <laughs> just really cleanse the whole system. <laughs> but, but for me, it's like, you're giving me a lot of attention and that like, that was it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. like a happy ending joke. Uh, anyway, funny. So he, he, he was kind of the new, he was kind of the new Timberlake this year. He took a lot of like the, the groupie vibe off of the Timberlake group. But Timberlake is a guy, he's one of the few guys there. The coolest thing about the tournament is, Guys are just like guys don't give a fuck. Like everybody's just talking to everybody. Signing like there'll only be two or three guys every year who are like really like touchy about like who talks to them, who like yeah, you know, that's cool. like Patrick Mahomes was very like I heard not signing autographs. I know Steph does like as much as he can, but it, he's he's a beetle when he's there because it's just all kids in Steph Curry jerseys. Sure. Um, Miles Teller became like the groupie group this year. Timberlake's usually the groupie group and he's very, he's very protective too. Like he has a security guy that like follows him the whole day. So on Friday on nine, uh, we snuck, we like used our passes. We had like hotel guest passes and whatever. So we snuck our way. We're literally sitting green side on the empty side, like where on nine, the, all the players walk off and they get on golf carts and they drive them to 10. So we're literally sitting there. We're no, there's zero people there, but me, these two people I'm with and like security guards. So Timberlake starts walking off the green and he is, I could tell that he is tense, that there's even people there that are not security. Like, Oh, like these people could bum rush me if I wanted to. Um, and so he walks by, he's like real stone face. And I just pull out my phone and I start running video. I was like, Hey JT. Say hi to my sister, Gabby. And he just like stone face walks by and then like it registers. And two seconds later, he turns and said, he's like, Hey, Gabby. I and saw I that. And I sent it to my sister and she lost her mind. Yeah. I saw that. That's funny. Yeah. So he was like, he was very concerned. But then he threw me a, threw me a, Hey, Gabby. So yeah. Shout out to Justin Timberlake, but dude, it's a, it's an epic weekend. It's really like, and, uh, you know, a lot of dirt balls have been messaging me. Oh, dude, for golf sports fan, this seems, I was like, it really is like it's it's a must do. It's uh, to me, it's like I'd almost rather go to that than like a, a golf event. You when know, did like this thing start event. long time ago. I mean, I, it's it's got to be. I mean, I remember when I was, you know, in high school and college. But, thinking, but like how popular think. it is, is more recent. So popular now. Yeah, I mean, we were we were we were stacked back on the beach. It was crazy. 
And the beach is like a mob scene. So like, what do people do at night? Go to the casinos, party. Like there's one night at Harrah's, I think it's Saturday night where literally all the athletes go and like sing, basically sing karaoke, dance on stage. A couple of years ago, that's like Barclays getting wasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's just like hanging out, getting wasted. Um, The first night they did like a pairing party. I saw our boy, Kevin Millar. He's he has assured me that he will be a guest on the Dirty Sports podcast. Kevin Millar says, I will come on the Dirty Sports podcast. And I was like, all right. But also, before you come on, how about my Mets this year? Should I be worried Atlanta's making a run? And he's like, you get DeGrom and Scherzer back. You guys are the best team in baseball. I was like, yes, Kevin Millar. Thank you. I was like, as, a, as an, an unbiased. Did he say host, that? Yes. He said, best he's like, team in baseball. He's like, he's like, you get, he's like, you get to Grom and Scherzer back and they're healthy. He's like, who beats you guys in the series? I was like, I don't think anybody. He's like, I don't think so either. I was like, all right. You, you, will you come on the Dirty Sports and say that? He's like, absolutely. Well, that's cool, man. It sounds like it was a pretty awesome weekend. It was week. fantastic. I mean, you were there yeah. how, how long? I was there Tuesday to Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Tuesday night, just like hung out, did some birthday shit. So nice. All these guys could me. And, and my buddy's house is right on the fourth hole. So like even Wednesday morning, people were like practice round and we're getting up. We're watching that just out the balcony. Wednesday was just chill day. I mean, I spend every day when I'm not at the course, like at the bar or playing, playing cards at the casino. And it's just celebs everywhere all weekend. It's really a wild scene. That's cool, man. And everybody's just kind of like, I'm on vacation. Like the whole vibe is just sure. That's chill. Yeah. That's really cool that everybody's accessible. That's awesome. Well, I think the best segue from discussing that with celebrity is to talk a little, little sports gossip. Yeah, let's go. I mean, this thing just won't die down. I noticed on Twitter, the Zach Wilson banging his mom's friend. This allegedly. is a wild story. I mean, it's a wild story, but you got to believe. I mean, it's his, his girlfriend that said it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not talking about we're not talking about some Reddit post. Oh, I heard he bangs his mom. Like this is his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend just th- violently throwing him under the bus. I mean, I would I don't even want to call it throwing him under the bus. I want to call it like throwing him into a pile of crashing buses. Like how much more can you throw somebody under a bus than this? Dude, I got to read this headline. This is so funny. Is this a black sports online headline? It should be. It should be. But because Zach Wilson's so white, it's a white sports online. headline. Which this is basically white sports headline. The Daily Mail from UK. Right. That's basically white sports. Yeah. As far as like white news. This is what the headline says. American Pie, the Mormon version, colon. Jets QB, Zach Wilson, and girlfriend split over claims he slept with his mom's best friend as she reveals she is now dating his ex-Brigham Young roommate, Commander's wide receiver, Max Dax Milne. That's the headline, the Daily Mail. Yeah. So the, basically, the gist of the story is she breaks up with him, or they break up. They break up. She starts dating his former roommate from BYU, who is also an NFL player. Somebody goes under her Instagram, calls her a homie hopper, which I guess means when you hop from one homie to the other. The things we learn on this show. Yeah. And she fires back with, he was sleeping with his mom's best friend 
who's the real he's the real homie hopper correct is that the i mean pretty something close to that so well first that of all is a wild claim but you remember his mom was like his mom was getting all kinds of attention she's attractive too yeah because she's only like 36 or something like right like she has some like mormon she had some mormon kid at like 18 years old and he's 18 and like like she's like 40 well i'm on black sports online now i've moved on to that yeah he's got a headline let's get yeah you gotta give me his headline well this isn't the main one jets qb zach wilson's mom lisa doesn't deny he slept with her best friend we we, got to go to the god he tweets so much okay (laughs) here we go Deep breath. It's like me diving in the lake for a 50 yard swim. His ex is hot too. She, she's like your classic hot little, like, like white thought. Notice I don't say tot anymore. I've up my yeah. game. Okay. So this was his, this is one of his tweets. I'm sure he did it a bunch yesterday. Jets. Zach Wilson dropped his girlfriend, Abby Guile mid season for upgraded IG model. So she smashed the homie, his boyfriend commanders wider. What? I'm reading this correct. Let's start again. Yeah. So she smashed the homie. I, I know. I, I'm reading it like there's not commas because there really isn't. Okay. <laughs> Jets. Zach Wilson dropped his girlfriend, Abby Guile, midseason for upgraded IG model, comma. So she smashed the homie, his BF, commander's wide receiver, Max or Dax Milne, semicolon. When the streets said she violated Miss Guile, said no more of a violation than Wilson smashing his mom's BFF. This is the headline. This is his tweet in parentheses. IG picks. <laughs> this is the headline. This is amazing. By the way, the Zach Wilson story, the easiest title ever. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> easiest title ever for the Zach, the Zach Wilson Biopic, thoughts and prayers. The the rise and fall of Mormon grape Zach Wilson. What's crazy about all they you know, he's right. Robert Latow's right. Dude, everybody looks so eerily alike. It's like the tan blonde. It's 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 like Hitler's wet dream, how all these people look. Doesn't it like kind of remind you? Like it's like it's like eerie how everybody looks god i'm down this rabbit hole now yeah i mean this is just this is too funny i mean this is what this is what's going on though right now that's that's because if if you're if you have brown hair and brown eyes you're a lessman you're not a mormon like no you're not quite well you're not quite on our level like like his like his girl his ex and his mom look identical that's what i'm saying it it, like it, like, like his ex, this, uh, what's her name? This, uh, Abby Giles or whatever. Abby yeah. Guile. She looks like she could be his sister. Yeah. Fucking Mormons, dude. The Mormons are wild. You I'm all come you. out. You all come out looking the same way. If you soak for a while before you do it. <laughs> Dude, the soaking thing is the every per, every person's alive. Every single person on planet Earth 
first, very first piece of jizz is blonde hair, blue eyes. And so because Mormons don't ever get that out That's <laughs> because, their first, because their first time is the time they get it in. They all come out looking identical. That's what we would. That's what every person on planet Earth would look like if we all had our first jizz into a person. I don't know, man. This is this is just so funny to me. The, you know, good for him though. Like that's the age where if you're going to go after the cougars, you know, I went through a, a big cougar spell around that age. Like, now, but it. my question for you, Andy, and to transition this into what will definitely be our next story is. What does this mean for the Jets? This can't be good for the Jets. Or is it? I think it is. You think it's good? You think this just like, I mean, in the locker room, is he just have like legendary status? Yeah. Or do you think the brothers in the locker room are like, how come his mom and his girlfriend all look the same? What's going no, on there? No, I think, he get, I think he has a little more street cred. Yeah, for banging his mom's best friend. Yeah. I mean, that's that's some serious street cred. Some Brent Barry, Tony Parker shit. What happened with them? Delante, LeBron shit. Like, oh, what happened with Brent Barry and Tony Parker? Wasn't there? I didn't. I, I believe there was some sort of marital. I think didn't. I think Tony Parker Tony, and Tony cheated on Ava Langora. That's why they broke with up. With Brent Barry's wife, maybe. Oh, I didn't know about that. I think it might have been it. Was that her name? That actress? Yeah, Eva Longoria. Eva Longoria. She also played third base for the San Francisco Giants. Now. I used to crush on her hard, man. That, that was a that was a college Andy Ruther crush. More into know- like she's a four. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't look anything like my mom. I'm out. <laughs> I think it bodes well for them. And to be honest, I, I think as a player, dude, you're a young quarterback. I think it bodes well for you. You, you don't got like, you're not going to have, you're not going to deal with the baggage of like the mom's friend. My point is like, it's not a Brittany Mahomes or Brittany Matthews, whatever her name, you know, you don't have that like hanging on your side. I saw you got, no Brittany or Jackson Mahomes in Tahoe this weekend. Not none of them, no presence whatsoever. Oh, that's interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, everybody there's on vacation. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll I'll be curious how this plays out. Obviously, year two is when you got to make the the leap, and and, and they'll be and it'll be tough because he's New York Jet. Yeah, and, and in, in that division, and it's just I don't know. But as lo- as long as you uh, don't go the Baker Mayfield route, so. Zach Wilson out banging his mom's friends, Baker Mayfield, 10 hours of halo per day. Allegedly. Allegedly. This is this is pretty these are these are a couple young QB bombshells that were pretty wild. So more is coming out now about Baker Mayfield and his time with the Browns. The Athletic wrote a wrote a uh, an article on it. And, and, and this is just from the article. I'll read this, and then we'll get to the Halo stuff. Mayfield was – this is a direct quote from the article. Mayfield was widely viewed as childish and immature 
His behavior annoyed teammates and divided the locker room. He was often difficult to coach. Interesting. Now, there's 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 a couple of different things I want to bring up because I saw somebody I saw I don't remember which analyst or whatever tweeted it, but it was you know there's been a lot of talk and and I was just talking I don't know if he's still watching but my buddy Tony called me before the show he was very upset that I basically have been a Odell Beckham defender but not a Baker Mayfield defender uh, essentially claiming they're the same person because both with their off field antics now. Prior to that phone call, I saw over the course of the weekend, it was like somebody said it's very telling that when Odell kind of demanded a trade and then was released, that there was a lot of like, good luck with your life, my brother, like onward and upward, like a lot of like Cleveland Browns tweeting him well wishes on sort of escaping their organization. And I forget who it was, but the whatever whoever the analyst was was like, we have we have seen zero, like gonna miss you, my brothers, for Baker Mayfield. Not a lot of the Browns locker room seemingly very upset that Baker Mayfield has been traded and is moving on. Now, also in regards to that, you know, my point uh, when I had this conversation was, we don't like we don't hold. And I think appropriately, we don't hold wide receivers and quarterbacks to the same standard in terms of their antics on the field and off the field. And I think that's, you know, one guy is supposed to be the guy who's sort of the leader. And then, you know, if you didn't have diva wide receivers, then then Julian Edelman really would be in the Hall of Fame because there wouldn't be a ton of guys left. Like we don't if 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 Tom Brady was going around acting like Gronk, and Gronk was going around acting like Tom Brady. They were. It would be the head of. It would be the the headline in every single newspaper ever, right? Yeah. Tom Brady bangs swimsuit model, spikes his beer on a fan's head at like B, the BSO headlines about Tom Brady. If Tom Brady were Gronk, would be insane. Sure. We don't hold wide receivers to the same standard of off the field sort of antics as we do the starting quarterback of a football team? No, definitely not. Nor should we. Yeah. Now, the other thing that came out about Baker is this wild tweet. Somebody tweeted December 24th last year. I just played 10 games of Halo with Baker Mayfield, and he added me. What the fuck? Now, again, this could be true. It could be untrue. Right. But this is a tweet that is that is dated from that from last December, essentially. And then this other person says, is this the same person? This is somebody else who says, true story. We played Green Bay last year. Baker home that week with COVID. They send him game plan all week for him to study on his own. Browns find Baker played Halo 10 plus hours on each Day, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday shows up Saturday in Green Bay, not knowing game plan for interceptions. And I don't know if you remember, that was a game that the Browns were right in to win. Yeah. In Green Bay. That was over Christmas. And I think that's the, you know, when we go back to the like, not a lot of Browns fans seem, or not, sorry, not about a lot of Browns players seem super upset or like wishing their boy well or saying, you know, we know you about to go off son or all the things that they sent about Odell Beckham as he was 
leaving is they have a good offensive line. They have a great offensive line. They have a two-headed monster at running back. They have a pretty goddamn good defense. Yeah, I mean, you got basically your job if you're Baker Mayfield. But forget the forget that feeling dangerous. Just don't go full Jameis. Like, yeah, yeah. Throw two picks and you win that football game. Sure. Throw four and you lose. So it's like I think a lot of people were like, even with the you know we talked about it, even with the Deshaun Watson thing up in the air. It seems to me especially in the the reaction or lack thereof of Baker leaving from his teammates is maybe they even feel like, yeah, let's just get Jacoby Briscoli in here to not yeah. turn the ball over, you know, give me, give me, give me six for nine in the first half for 68 yards. Just don't throw four picks. Yeah. Just give me a old, good old classic Briscoli. Yeah. Give me that Brajol, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. And, and that's the truth, right? If you have a man, a game managing QB, when you have a run game and a defense, that's how you win games. When you don't, you know, when you're not one of those teams, who, you know, who needs somebody to ball out, you know? Yeah, it's funny. I was cold on Baker. Then I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe now I look back. It's like, maybe I was right all along. Like, like I just, I just didn't. I, I, the maturity thing sometimes can take a minute, but he's in his fifth season and it doesn't seem like he's matured at all. Well, I think, you know, again, like I love that suddenly we're like, this could be true or not. The amount of, we're just like Zach Wilson definitely banged his friend's mom, but like the, Baker Mayfield being halo, you know, well, this is hearsay. Um, but you know, like I almost think that that kind of thing is more like dangerous to steal a line from Baker than he just, you know, was at home studying all week and then would go out at night and have 12 beers. You know what I mean? Like I'd, I'd almost rather if you're like, okay, listen, I'm going to be home with COVID all week. I'm going to study my playbook from nine to five, five thirty happy hour starts. I'm getting shit canned. I'll be hung over the next day, but I'll get up and work as opposed to just 10 hours of halo all day and not doing your I mean, playbook. Halo, really. though, like, like that's a thing, man. Like I, really, that's what I'm saying. That's like next level halo. I mean, come on, man. I've seen the commercials. You got an entire stadium. You got shit to fix. You got yeah. lights. <laughs> you got plumbing issues. You got bathrooms to clean. You got a whole stadium and you're going to play Halo. So, somebody needed to sell that PS3 at his fucking yard sale. Get, <laughs> get Halo. Get him off the Halo. I mean, what's going on here? Come on. Also, you would think with all the Halo he's playing and with the headset on and everything, you would think you would have some some more field awareness. You think you'd be able to see a shooter over here and a shooter over sure. there. Meanwhile, he's going on the field throwing picks. Who's Hulu replacing him with? I mean, he's been the guy the last few years. Like, who are they replacing him with? I don't know. Arch Manning. I will miss those commercials. They they were they were pretty clever commercials. That's the only me. reason you ended up buying in on Baker at any point. There was the moments you bought in on Baker it was just because you loved his fucking progressive commercials. Yeah, so you know, much. they were funny commercials. They were they were well written. I, I liked his comedic timing. Yeah. So I, I don't know who's gonna do that. 
They got to find somebody though. I'll, you know, there's so many watching all that play out. is going to be fascinating to me watching him in Carolina. And then also the Browns, I believe he plays the Browns this year. Cause I think AFC North gets NFC South, but you're right. I feel like nobody cares. Like there's nobody standing hard for Baker right now. They're probably still out there. There's probably still a few out there. Well, but, of course. Yeah. But you're not really seeing it. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about the Keith Hernandez retiring jersey for the Mets because they've only had a few. Right? Yeah, the Mets have been very, very tight with the jerseys. They've been, t- they've been tight with the statues. They just got the Tom Seaver statue this year. This is a new era again. And, and I've said it before, and, and now with Steve Cohen, you can see it. But, I mean, this has happened, I would say, going back to, like, you know, Cuban. I mean, obviously, there's Jerry Jones. Like, there's guys. But, like, almost, you know, we can say, you know, you get a LeBron-type player, you get the first overall pick, and you get a, a literally once-in-a-lifetime generational talent. Otherwise, probably the number one thing that you can do to change just, like, the whole like aura vibe, the, just like everything about your team is just new ownership. And that's what the Mets, the Mets got. They went from one of the worst, cheapest, scammiest owners in baseball. So I know there's a lot of, you know, talk about how Steve Cohen came by making his money or whatever, but it's like, dude, if you're a billionaire in the wall street game, you're probably a thief. I hate to break it to people out there who like, tell me your heroes. It's probably, they're probably a fucking con artist in some regard, but he has changed the whole culture. He wants to do right by all these players who are responsible for championship teams and who are responsible for making the Mets who they are. So first step was obviously the Tom Seaver statue. And now we get the retiring of Keith Hernandez's number. I think a very valid uh, number retirement um, for the New York Mets and probably the first of a couple that will go that people thought maybe should happen for a long time. And Keith's just the best. I mean, he's now, he's now, I mean, you, you look around baseball um, and, and other sports as well. A lot of guys, you know, the Vin Scully's have their microphone retired or whatever. It's like Keith Hernandez was the captain of a championship team. Um, you know, sort of uh, like, there's not really an argument. The best defensive first baseman of all time. Like no one really seems to argue that point 11 straight gold gloves. Um, the most ever in a row by a first baseman. And, you know, unlike Derek Cheater an MVP, unlike Derek Cheater, a batting champion. Um, and again, captain, the guy, sort of the guy, sort of the Steve Cohen as a player of the eighties Mets, He's been very vocal about how he came there. He didn't want to be a part of a young team, but he took it upon himself. He was like, if I don't fucking sort this shit out, like I could potentially be out of baseball soon. He takes the reins as being the guy who's going to teach all the young kids. He's already been a world champion. He's already been an MVP with the Cardinals. He's going to teach the young kids how to do it. And then the young kids go on, you know, to have one of the great ball clubs of all time and win a world series in 86 and also part of Keith's legacy, love to party. And that team was kind of undone by their partying. So, you know, he got him to the peak and then at least a little part of it 
you know, responsible for maybe the, the fact that there was a very short peak for them. But the, I would say by all definition, the heart and soul of that championship team, that era for the Mets, the captain. Where would know. he rank for you personally? As an all-time Met? Yeah, or just like he doesn't have to be the best of, you know, or even like, like where would you put him in your fandom? Right. Cause we, okay. we all, we all have guys, I mean, we all have guys that we love that we know aren't the best, but just something about that player made us like them. I think Keith Hernandez for me, is he in your top five all time as a Met? Yeah. Oh, as a fan all time, like, for sure. Like for as sure. a fan. Okay. For sure. I would say, and I, 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 I put this down the other day. I would say these are the Mets who I would say are above Keith Hernandez in terms of Mets all time. I would say Seaver, Piazza, David Wright, David Wright, in my opinion, like ended up not sort of achieving what he could have or should have due to injuries and other things. But if you look at the Mets all time leaderboard, he basically holds every single record. Beltran, uh, you know, the Mets obviously don't get a world series there, but not, because of him. I mean, he was really, really good at his time in New York. DeGrom might already be above Keith as a Met. And I think is safe to say, unless there's, you know, unless these injuries just derail the rest of his career. I mean, he's won multiple Cy Youngs. To me, he's already there. And if he's not already there, it's tracking. I'd also low-key put James, uh, John Franco um above him john franco kind of the heart and soul of like a long run of mets from kind of bridging that early 90s mets to that you know early 2000s mets uh gooden and strawberry are sort of that next tier obviously such short careers with the mets considering but strawberry is like i think the mets all-time home run leader if it's not if he's not he's behind david wright um like had all the offensive numbers it's probably as a Met above Keith because Keith was only there seven years. And Gooden, obviously, before DeGrom and post-Seaver, by far the best Mets pitcher. And then I would say Gary Carter and Keith Hernandez are sort of the same because they're both there seven years. They're both there essentially the same amount of time. Gary Carter, uh, a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer, but not as probably important to the Mets as Keith Hernandez was. So I'd say it's kind of Keith Gary, but you could argue one or the other. And then guys who had really, really good careers offensively and defensively, maybe some of overall numbers better than Keith Hernandez as a Met. Uh, Jose Reyes, Howard Johnson, maybe the most. I was literally about to say, what about Hojo? Hojo might be literally the most underrated Met of all time. If you go through Mets statistics, he's right there on like a lot of offensive numbers. He used to go 30-30 regularly, like when that wasn't a thing for people to do all that often. He was young on that 86 team, but he was a part of it. But he kind of became the face, the the low-key face as like Gooden and Strawberry are having their issues. Carter and Keith move on, age out and move on. Howard Johnson's kind of the bridge from 86 to the mid nineties, the early nineties. And he's right there. Like he is maybe one of the most underrated baseball players of all time. And he's, he's, I would say he's the number one, most underrated net of all time. I mean, hands down the best player named after a hotel chain. Yeah. 
gray mustache, full on gamer. <laughs> Pete Alonzo will probably, you know, if he tracks, be. But, but, but I don't there. think you really answer my like, what about for you? Where does Keith rank for you as like as a, as a met as a met all time? So I'll say like, I didn't watch Seaver. I'm not the I wasn't the world's biggest Piazza fan, although I like him. I, I put Keith over right. I put Keith over Beltran. I put Keith right over Franco. Like to me, Keith's like he's like a top three Met of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. And, like, because, you know, I didn't, I, I, Seavers, I'm, Seavers is gone by the time I'm watching baseball, you know. Great on Seinfeld. Yeah. Great on Seinfeld. No, Keith's, I mean, listen, I joked about it when I did the show for the Mets. I'm like, listen, if I had been a Gary Carter stan, I might be walking around with a perm these days. <laughs> you know, but I, I'm a Keith Hernandez stan. So I'm walking around with a fucking mustache, you know, I mean, legendary stash, legendary cat, legendary broadcaster. In I'll say this in terms of everything that they gave the Mets. He might be number one. He's still involved. Yeah. Body he's, of work. He's, he's the best. He's in, he's in my opinion, as far as color guys go. Like one of the best in baseball. Sure. And and forget it when you get Gary, Keith, and Ron in there together. They're, that's the best crew in all of baseball, in my opinion. I don't think it's close. I yeah. can't believe I can't believe Ron is the one who got the national game. I mean, I love Ron, but like <coughs> Keith's like far more entertaining. Sure. I agree. And you watch the 86 documentary, and he's petting his fucking he's petting Haji the whole time. Like he's a legend. Yeah. No, that's great. So shout out to Keith Hernandez. I saw everybody wearing the fake mustaches. I was like, I wish it could be there. It happened to be the same weekend as thing. Obviously, I would have gone rock the same. But yeah, 17. I'm glad no one will wear it ever again. It was too long. And you know what? You know who I you know who I talked to about the very same thing this weekend at Tahoe? Our boy Tim Brown. I said, Tim, can we do something about what? Why are the Raiders still giving out 81? What is happening? He's like, I don't know, man. I was like, can we do something? Can there like, can I do a change.org? Like, fucking, yeah, you know, pull like something like, what's happening? He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, you're in the goddamn Hall of Fame. Yeah. Do, do the Raiders retire jerseys? I don't know, but I know like, for years and i don't know if they've stopped like i don't know if it's in the process or whatever because i haven't seen no one jumps out to me but for a long long time you'd be you'd be watching raiders games and there'd be some some shithead that's not going to make the team or an 81 for the first three and you're like why, why are they doing this to the guy three teams the raiders falcons and cowboys traditionally do not retire jerseys so they don't retire jerseys but obviously you you know you talk like no one's wearing 22 in Dallas. Jerry Jones, for some reason, keeps giving away 88, you know, but like no one's wearing 22. And Raiders, let me ask you something. Why the fuck not? What are we talking about? This is an old article. The quote says the team has always believed that not retiring jerseys allows no jersey numbers allows us to keep the memories of former players fresher in our minds. That's stupid. Yeah. I mean, so, would you? I mean, Raiders are gonna Raider though. Yeah, right. Like, listen, Bo Jackson's not getting his number retired from the Raiders, right? No, 
great, great little run. Off the top of your head, who's getting their number retired from the Raiders? Off the absolute top of your head. Hmm. Besides Tim Brown? I don't know. Right. So what the fuck are we talking about here? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It's ridiculous. All right. We have some calls today that are, are, are some calls. I, this first call, I'm so glad he made this call, actually, because I was no life thinking. The ex- I was thinking the exact same thing, dude. Your ears must have been burning. I was thinking the same thing last week, even. And here's what's crazy. I was thinking the same thing also when I went to a Jersey Mike's last week. It's, it's like we had some sort of connection going on. So that's the first call I want to, I want to start with because I'll be curious what you have to say about this. I can't wait to. I don't even know what this could be. Hey, guys. It's John in Salt Lake City, Utah. More Mormons. Uh, yes. leaving Jersey Mike's for lunch. And quick question. Uh, as I was checking out with my card, uh, there's an option, you know, to tip uh, the sandwich people, I guess, or the cashier or whoever. Uh, you know, I've been seeing this a lot more now lately at kind of similar establishments, like not your typical uh, restaurants where you have a server, but just for you yourself, go get your food. Um, I'm about 10 years younger than you guys, and this was never a thing growing up that I remember. Um, I was kind of on the fence about tipping uh, in these instances versus your typical sit-down restaurant. So I was wondering what your approach is to tipping the people at the coffee shops and the Jersey Mike's and the like. Uh, that's it. I think this is a discussion that has to be had because I like, I think it's gotten out of control personally. Like I'm all for being generous, but I also know wages are higher than they've ever been, like insanely high. We all see it because of inflation. Right. Right. Like you see the signs when you drive anywhere. You're like, they're paying $15. Like I worked at McDonald's for a yeah. while in high school. But like, what are we really talking about? Like inflation, like so the wages aren't really higher. So my, your money's just worth less. Well, when you're a high school kid, you don't have shit to pay for. Right. But whatever you do have to pay for, it costs that much more. I mean, you go to the ATM now, they give you 50s, they don't give you 20s. That to me was like, that's everything about fucking inflation. Remember a $50 bill? Remember when Data saw $50 bills and Goonies? $50 bill, $50 bill, $50 bill. This guy was losing his mind. You lose your mind over 20s. But you never saw this growing up, and now it's almost. Well, here, let me get let me give you my answer because there's two things. One, you go to a coffee shop, you go to a sandwich shop, you go to a deli back in the day. You're not using Apple Pay, bro. You're paying cash. And they had a little fucking half of, you know, they had a cup, they had a styrofoam cup there to fucking tips with an exclamation point, some funny little thing. And you throw your fucking change in there or you throw your fucking dollar in there. As a guy who used to work in a fucking burger it's different joint, though. But as a guy who used to work in a burger joint, the tips were fucking everything because you're getting paid shit, but people were paying in cash. So you're given the change or you're given a buck or you're given a whatever. But then you go to absolutely no cash. We, we essentially cash is essentially not used anymore. So of course you got to put that on it. Now it here's says 15, 20, 25%. Here's what, That's where they're like, what? Here's what I'll say. So there is a coffee shop that I used to go to, not a Starbucks. First of all, if you go to Starbucks, they don't even give you an option to tip. 
as far as uh, every Starbucks I've been to, which I'm like, well, this is wild because I'm paying with a card. So why you should, I like, I almost feel like, give me an option to tip. Um, I used to go to a coffee shop and it said, it would do the automatic thing. They'd flip the screen around and it said 20, 25, 30. And I was like, are you guys on drugs? Like, what are we, what the fuck are we talking about here? I would say this, if you're a coffee shop, what that should be set at is $1, $2, 20%. Because when I go to a coffee shop and it's 15, 20, 25, my go-to move, if I go to a coffee shop or I go to a Jersey Mike's or I go to whatever, I hit other. If I got a coffee, I hit $1. If I get a sandwich at Jersey Mike's, I hit $1, maybe $2. If I get a big order, it's almost like <coughs> a per item tip at a takeout. If I get one coffee, $1. If I get two coffees and two sandwiches, all right, $3. You know what I mean? If I get if I go to Jersey Mike's and I order for the office, all right, 5 bucks. Sure. You know what I mean? But Forget the 10, 15, 20, 25%. To me, coffee shops, sandwich shops, $1, $2, $3, other. Well, my problem with some of these things now, and by the way, I'm probably over too generous, to be honest, but I don't like when you don't really have a choice or when they trick you. So here's a prime example. There's this great chicken sandwich spot that I like to go to called City Bird. I went on Friday. I picked up City Bird. I picked up three sandwiches. One, one for me. Kids out there. One for me and one for my brother and one for my sister-in-law. I didn't just give her my card. Dude, so you talk about like being put on the spot. She goes, This is for you to sign. And, you know, she out the drive-through window, she I, I'm putting my card in it. Oh, no, 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 no. This is it. I fucked it up. Sorry. I give her my card. Mm -hmm. And then she she puts the thing out in the drive-thru window and goes, you need to sign this. And that's where like she's holding onto it and it has the 15, 20, 25%. Exactly right. what you're talking about. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. And it, it, was, it was a high school girl. It was a young girl. And I'm thinking, okay, now I feel like a shithead. If I hit no tip, you know, I kind of look bad. But again, like you said, my only option is 15, 20, 25%. It's like, you're, you're, you're in a way you're forcing me. There's no other, there wasn't an other type of your own custom tip situation. Maybe I missed it. I could have missed yeah. it. But my point is how it's presented in that situation. You're handing this back to me to like, you know, scribble a little signature. I, I feel, and, and the truth is I tipped her 15%. And as I drove off, I was like. Dude, she just shamed me. 15, 15% is for waitresses and waiters. 15% is even, isn't even for a bartender. Like, I honestly... I do 20%. Look, I'll tip uh, everybody I'm, I'm 20%. Saying, I, I tip everybody 20%. I'm saying sure. though, the standard, 50, you know, it's kind of like culturally 15%. Like, it we don't was, go below 15%. Yeah. That's, that standard culture is like... That's for waiters and waitresses. Sure. I agree. I, if, I, if I sit at a bar, if I sit at a bar and eat, I maybe give them 20%. Maybe. Otherwise, if I order from a bar, if I, dude, if I order drinks from a bar and then I close out at the end, you don't get 20%. You don't get 20% if I get takeout. 
If I get takeout and I come pick it up. Well, that's another question I wanted to bring up. What do you do at takeout? I don't know. If I buy $50 worth of food and I take it out, five bucks. Or a lot of times that I'll go round. A lot of times I'll round it off. Oh, it's $53. All right, fine. Here's 60. You know, now that works out to basically 15%. But if it was 56, here's four. <laughs> like, I don't, you know. But my point is in the past, you never. But you'd also tip people in cash. Tip, but you would not take out. I don't, I like, I, I think. The, but also we got we to keep in mind. COVID changed we, things. Yeah, we got to keep in mind. No one's fucking working anymore. Everyone's fucking understaffed. Like pay these, like pay them yeah. so that they're not, pay them so they're there next week. So you don't sure. go back to City Birds and it's closed because you can't staff the restaurant. City Birds. What's that from? Don't worry about it. What is it from? Is it a TikTok reference? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You motherfucker. I'm sure the dirtballs love that. Love That's actually it. probably one of my favorite ones. It's just like when when fucking when guys post like savage shit they've done. There's this like follow up where they this like weird like cartoon that happens after and they say city boys. I don't even understand it, but it does make me laugh. So our friend from Arkansas last week, Randall, okay. who left those infamous messages yelling to his mom. Remember, the phone was upstairs. You concluded. Yeah. 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 And he was yelling from the basement. Yeah. Through a door, through a closed door. He called back. Oh, God. Is he okay? Has he been removed? What's up, y'all? It's Randall, Little Rock, Arkansas. Hopefully got out of my mom's basement. <laughs> First of all, I want to say I'm honored to be roasted on one of my favorite podcasts. Second of all, suck that tiger dick. Yeah. Yeah. That LSU team was one of the best of all time. Mm. Love, Coach O. Miss him. Miss him. LSU's never going to be a thing. But anyways... Uh, my claim to fame that I was talking about the shot put, I threw shot put and beat Carl Malone's son in high school. Um, got to meet him a few times, just me and Carl, big Carl chilling at a track meet, high school track meet. Yeah. I'm sure that was a great time. Um, anyways, my second question was, have y'all ever met someone famous that you didn't know was famous at the time? My story is my dad took me to Saints training camp one year. I was about 10. A bunch of people were crowding around this woman. And, you know, my dad forced me to go get her autograph. Later found out that was Kim Kardashian. Um, found out a few years later once I hit puberty. But anyways, that's my call. Thank you all for the roast. Love y'all's podcast. Stay dirty. Condoms. Or for the people who fired Edge Odron, honestly. Bye. Man, Randall. Randall wants that Coach O back. I'm glad he Love, just found, he found I, I like this. His claim to fame is that beating Carl Malone. I just want to know if Carl Malone pulled up in an 18-wheeler. Remember, he used yeah. to be like, hey, I'm a truck driver. Yeah. It's like, dude, what, are you what is this? Who, yeah. does, who does truck driver cosplay? Carl, <laughs> Carl Malone had an 18-wheeler, and the back of it was like 15, 13-year-old girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Claim to fame is he beat Carl Malone's son and the shot put. Uh, the thing was, Carl Malone's son, born pretty small because he was born to a 12-year-old. 
premature to a 12 year old. Uh, you know where he's got dealerships. I've driven through, I could be, I think this was New Mexico. I remember driving through New Mexico and seeing Carl Malone car dealerships. And that, that tracks. That makes sense, right? Age, age of consent 14 in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so someone famous we didn't realize at the time. That's a good Kim K one. That would have been when she was dating Reggie Bush, which would have been like 2009, 2010. I don't know. If uh, I don't I, know. I'm, I'm sure I have one of these that I can't think of right now, but I'm just going to do the one from this weekend. That's like sort of low key is like before I knew John Lester was John Lester. He was this guy on the fucking range hitting lefty piss missiles. And I was like this guy. And he was like anxiously searching for a beer too. And I was like this guy just rifling fucking left-handed drives and like shaking for a beer. And then I go to, Ian. I'm like, who is that? He's like, it's John Lester. And I was like, it is John Lester. I did not. He is huge. I did not expect him to be so big. And then once I knew that, and then I found out he was a Miller Lite guy, I was like, wow, John Lester, just John Lester, just skyrocketing up my ranks. I, I don't know. I know there's gotta be somebody. I think I've shared this story. I, I was, I was a, as a freshman, or not as a freshman, as a first grader, I read enough books for the MS readathon, multiple sclerosis readathon. And so I was invited to like the banquet. I raised enough money, whatever it was, which is wild because my neighbor, this is an infamous Ruther family line. My neighbor, who was just a total drunk next door when I was a first grader, gave me the biggest donation. Like back then it was like 10 cents a book you read. And I was a first yeah. grader or like a nickel. Right. And then you go, you caught, you caught a guy after happy. I was like, it was $50. So the, the guy next door, Mr. Bambeck, yeah. gave me, which was unheard of at the time. He gave me a $20 bill. And I'll never forget. Just to this like a, day, to this day, Andy Ruth are paying a photo at City Birds. <laughs> So he gives me a $20 bill. This is going to lead to something with the celebrity. Yeah. And as I'm, le as I'm leaving, God damn it, ruining my whole story. As I'm leaving his house, for some reason, he yells out, read the damn book. <laughs> and I was like seven and I went home and my parents thought it was, so, and my brothers thought it was so funny. And I'm like, I'm like, he gave me 20 bucks, which by the way, you don't pay until the end until you got to show how many books you read. You go back, collect money. And I'm like, when I was leaving, he told me to read the damn book, <laughs> like very aggressively. And so, it's like, what, what book does he want me to read? <laughs> like I'm the reading Keyshawn, the Keyshawn Johnson biography, <laughs> read the damn, throw me the damn ball. By the way, I almost drowned in his pool. <laughs> actually we, had, we we used to fuck with this guy i he well he saved me he was drunk and passed out i was friends with his daughter his granddaughter i was like three and i couldn't swim yet and then the best part was my brothers were throwing rotten tomatoes from my dad's garden into his pool and he came running over to chase him and when when he knocked on the door and was just dropping f-bombs in my mom's face who was like appalled he threw in and your kids have been throwing rocks in there for months, which was me as like a five-year-old. Me and my friends would throw rocks in his pool. 
Anyway, yeah, we used to fuck with Mr. Bambi. Where am I going with this? Fast forward, MS Readathon. Danny Jackson was the speaker, former Red Cy Young winner. I think he won a Cy Young with the Reds. Wow. And then he, you know, played for the Cubs and a few other teams. But anyway, I was so anxious to meet him. And uh, you got to meet everybody, and I'm sitting there. And I'm like, where is he? He's late. Where's Danny Jackson? And he's literally right next to me. He goes, oh, I'm here, kid. I'm Danny Jackson. And it was like one of those moments where I just felt like an idiot. So I didn't know who he was. I just, you know, like when you're that age, you see him in a Reds uniform. And then it was like, I couldn't comprehend without a hat. And then he's wearing glasses. Yeah. And you're just like a young, dumb kid. My other one I have, now, now you've reminded me of it. I was like 21 or 22. I'm playing uh, blackjack in Atlantic City. And I'm playing blackjack for a while at this table. And there's a black guy at the table with me. And I remember he had a pink polo shirt. Kind of looks like he, he, he wasn't a, like, he was not a big guy. He didn't, he didn't strike me as like, oh, I should know this dude is an athlete or whatever. Then my brother Mikey walks up. Mikey's like fucking trash. But he's like 18. He's been drinking in a casino. Mikey walks up and he's like, and I'm like chatting with the guy and the guy was kind of like, kind of like gruff, but like, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't like a super dick to me. And Mikey walks up and he goes, that's Marvin Harrison. I was like, is it? And he goes, it's Marvin Harrison. And then he goes, I was like, I don't, is that, he looks, he looks kind of small. And Mikey goes, I'm telling you, that's Marvin Harrison. And then he goes, Hey, are you Marvin Harrison? And Marvin Harrison goes, you already fucking asked me that kid. And I was like, no, you didn't. You just got here. And we were all like looking at each other like, what the fuck? And then, of course, years later, we realized that we're lucky Mikey was not murdered that day because Marvin Harrison is <laughs> a murderer. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's a murderer. By the way, I, I, I got to correct myself. He didn't. Danny Jackson did not win the Cy Young. I, I did think that was suspect. I was like, what year was that event? He was second in 88. Hershiser won it. But but here's what's wild. Dude. They're, listen to how comparable their numbers are. They both went 23 and eight that year. Um, Hershiser pitched seven more innings. Hershiser he, had that run that year where he didn't give up a run for whatever it was, like 50 something innings in a row. Yeah. And he had 17 more strikeouts. I mean, I mean, they were any other year he wins that, don't you think? Sure. I mean, 23 and eight, 2.73 ERA. 15 they each had 15 complete games that's bananas dude when's the last time i got <laughs> two pitchers in the same season from the same league at 15 complete games you think, there's been, you think there's been 15 complete games in baseball this year no that's a, that's I, think, great... I, 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 would th- I would think no yeah no way no way Okay, here's another good question that we'll end on. Once again, hotline 310-359-8365. I'll, I'll be, I can't really think of one for this, but I'll be real curious what you have to say. If I can find this. Hold on, where is it? What's up, boys? No more Shimmer Dirtball Bryson calling to you live from the A. Um, got a crazy question, which is a fun little topic. We'll see. I saw it on Twitter. Who is, or if you can remember, the greatest high school athlete you ever saw? Like whether you were growing up and watched them live or 
I know Joe, like you coach high school baseball or something at one point in your life, you're around a bunch of high school sports and athletes. Do y'all ever recall or remember just seeing one high school athlete? They only have to be a pro now, or maybe they are, you know, who knows? That you just remember standing out, like, out of all your years watching high school sports. Uh, mine's actually the backup quarterback at uh, UGA right now. This is Brock Vandergrift. I saw him three years ago play my old high school. We ended up winning, but he had seven touchdowns, 700 yards, and they lost 72 to 73. But the kid's insane. He's going to be a great athlete. He'll be in the NFL in the next two or three years, I'm sure. He was Gatorade Player of the Year, but that's the – kid in my mind that stands out so i was just curious like do y'all recall seeing one high school athlete that's just like the greatest you've ever seen you know so stay dirty boys my i have my top three they it's it's a no-brainer they're my top three uh all that i saw while i was in high school a couple years younger than maybe one or two years on one year younger than one of them a couple years younger than the other two um, right around the same age though, all basketball players. First one I ever saw Dan Gedzurich, Gedzurich. He ended up playing at UCLA. You ended up playing in the Milwaukee for the Milwaukee Bucks, seven footer. Uh, we played against him in high school. It was unbelievable, dude. I was on the bench. I was cheering for their team. He was dunking on absolutely everybody. <laughs> he was dunking on absolutely everybody. And what was amazing is he played at some like weird prep school. He was Dutch. He's from the Netherlands. So he, uh, he was like, he barely spoke English. He wore gigantic. He wore like the Kareem goggles, but dude, you walk on a high school. It was at a, it was at a like Christmas basketball tournament, like a sleepaway basketball tournament. We go with our high school team. We show up to the game. There's a seven footer on the other side, a seven footer of a, a, a legit full on seven foot tall guy. I was like, this is going to be banana land. And the two kids who played guard from him for him, I swear to God, were like the stoniest hippies, like the hemp necklaces. One kid had like white dreads and they were just they look like they were burnt out of their mind. And their entire job was just throwing alley-oop passes to the seven foot tall. He dunked on everybody. And I was like on the bench, like I'm the guy going crazy on the bench. And my coach got so mad at me. He goes, you think this is funny, don't you? I go, it's not funny. It's amazing. He goes, yeah, we're getting our ass kicked. He goes, you know what that means? When we get our ass kicked, you get to play. So you're about to get fucking dunked on. I was like, no, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I went in, I I went in, scored a cool five points and was like on a break with him at one point. And then I just like pulled up. I was like, I'm not getting dunked on. Fuck that. I remember I made a, I made a little leaner in the lane. Uh, I made a lay, I made a, I, I went baseline for a nice little fucking reverse layup. And I went one for two at the free throw line, five points in the game against fucking Dan Gazurik. That was the first, that was one I saw up close and personal. Uh, the other two, and this is pretty legendary. I went and saw an AAU game when I was in high school, a summer league AAU game. And it was between two local teams, one Elton brands team, one Tim Thomas's team and everybody was just talking about these are the guys he's going to Duke. He's going to Villanova. These are the top two prospects in the fuck country. Like they're both from here. They're both like super local to me. And Elton brand was the guy. Everybody was like peak skills, Elton brand. He's going to be the best player in the country. Blah, 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 dude. Tim Thomas in this little gym, like little gym. And we were on like one of the upper things. 
took a rebound down on one end, goes coast to coast, and does the throw it off the backboard to himself dunk in traffic. And I was like, yo, I know everybody's like on Elton Brand's shot. Tim Thomas is the fucking dude. I was like, I've never seen that at any level ever, let alone in this game that's supposed to be like between the two teams. This guy grabs it, goes coast to coast, throws himself the LeBron off the backboard. I was like, that was the legit craziest basketball play I've ever seen in my life in person to this day. That's wild. So both of those guys, all three of those guys, obviously play in the NBA, two of them like serious NBA careers. Yeah. My senior year, I wasn't on the basketball team, but we won state. We were 25 and two. LeBron. I, I don't really remember it. Sadly, LeBron's team played. So the state finals are where Ohio state plays. I don't know even know what it's called at this point. It's Schottenstein center. I don't know what it is, but they LeBron at the time, Akron, St. Mary, St. Vincent was division two. I think they might be division three, or maybe they were division three back then. <laughs> anyway, I don't remember. I think they won state LeBron's freshman year, or they made it to the state championship. He played before our game and everybody was talking about him, but sadly I was probably drunk. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I'm in the stands and the student section. I don't really remember it, which kind of sucks to think that freshman high school LeBron, but I was there like, like, so I don't really have the best story. I'm trying to think on, you know, NFL guys, uh, but like nobody huge. I, I remember. So like, and he didn't have a huge career. Like he was like a journeyman in the NFL, but like, even from my own high school, like Rocky Boyman who went to Notre Dame yeah, yeah, was just such a freak. Like, and he was, you know, we went to Notre Dame, they moved him to like defensive end, but he was a, he was a strong safety and they put him in at wide receiver at times. And like, against Moeller, which is one of our big rivals. It's where like Kenny Jr. went and Barry Larkin. Anyway, they, they put him in at the end of a game for a Hail Mary, which sent the game into overtime my sophomore year. And it was just like, you couldn't, you couldn't stop the guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I know there's more that I can't think of off the top of my head for sure, but it, it is wild to like see guys at a young age and then like how good they are. Like I think high I think high school games are fun to go to. I do personally. Like a high yeah. school basketball game or a high school football game, I, I think it's still fun to go to, even if it's not your team or your school. Just go check it out. It's cheap, you know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I know there's got to be more. I'll I'll think of one later, of course. Again, three one zero three five nine eight three six five. That's the hotline. Give us a ring. And uh, we'll hopefully get to your call. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. Joe is on social media. You can follow him. At Fix Your Life on Twitter, at Joe Prano on all other social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you know, all the things. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, that's where I usually post my upcoming shows. Go to JoePrano.com if you want to see some upcoming shows. Got some shows coming up in... Uh, in and around LA got, uh, officially will be in Vegas, August 29th to September 4th at the comedy cellar in Vegas, um, and putting together some, some more shows, uh, now that, you know, f f post summer can, can get 
back onto the grind. So stay on JoePrano.com, still on Vimeo. Sorry, not Vimeo, still on Venmo, still on Cameo. Venmo and Cameo together is Vimeo. Uh, yeah, still on all those things. So if you want to shout out, go there uh, on either one of those. I've done some on Cameo, some off Cameo, you know, different, different pay scales. So if you want to shout out, you can find me in all those places. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a great start to your week. And as always, stay dirty.